Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Here we go! Whoa. Oh, oh, oh yeah. doing? Uh-oh. This is Uh-oh. news. Tech, tech. No, 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 we're doing brews first. Oh, f- Hey guys, welcome to episode 89 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Combo 5, and my fellow host is concerned about the thrill of possibilities that could come from this month's theme, Ooh. Big Tuck. Uh, first thing, uh, this is for the home players. Second round here. Ooh, little double. I almost thought about putting in two just to punish myself. Uh, oh, hey, man. cats and kittens. I don't want to see where um, you'd go after that. Ah, uh, it's not good. Uh, yes, uh, for those wondering, uh, I did finally fix my internet, I think, and it was this huge hubbub, and now I'm not on the gig, but I'm on the one right below it, and I haven't had any problems yet, and that's with their stock router, which is insane, but uh, no, it's it's good here. It's starting to warm up. Uh, I've been sweating more, which is great, and it's currently 81 in the apartment, and I haven't turned on my air conditioning yet. 81? 80 yeah, damn, 80. dude. What is wrong? Dude, I with won't you? even sit in 81. I don't know. I'm warm yeah, blooded. I like this stuff. But, anyways, I, I'm good. I'm getting a lot of out, outdoors time, meeting some new people, um, you know, just doing my thing here. So if, if you happen to pass out in the middle of the episode, we'll just know it's because you're hot and you've been sweating for conceivably all day. Uh, also, just real quick, um, didn't know that this was a thing. Google just auto-corrected balling to ball in, uh, which thank, is kind of shocking. shocking. That is the correct pronunciation of balling. Ball, ball in oh, with, oh, with oh, oh. a posture. Oh, Mr. Combo, I have a question for you. Without looking it up, can you tell me the artists or artai that were involved in the song Salt Shaker? Uh, Yin Yang Twins? Yep. And and uh, little John, yep. wow! And the okay, East Side Boys, baby. Yes. Oh, don't you? Was that a trivia question or something? No, I just I like listened to that song and started laughing because it's so ridiculous. And I was like, I guarantee you, Mr. Combo knows who these artists yeah, is. He, he probably, probably knows lyrics. the entire lyrics yeah. of the song as well. But all is all is shake well. it like a soul, shake it, shake it like a soul, shake <laughs> all, all is well here. Uh, all is well here in Charlotte Land. So, Mr. Combo, how goes it on your side? Uh, you were delayed due to puppy problems. Yes, yes. So uh, me and the fiance decided to do a little bit of volunteering uh, instead of just volunteering to kill my liver uh, each weekend. Uh, So we decided to foster a puppy uh, until her spay date, which they say that usually puppies after they get spayed or neutered or adopted within like 24 hours. Um, hmm. So that's been exciting. Her name is Audrey April. I posted her out on the tweeter verse. Um, she, it was so cute cause she was super like scared and ev- like the loudest noise she, and she's a Mastiff puppy. She would bolt under the chairs of the couch <laughs> to get underneath. And because she's a bigger puppy, yeah. like she fits, but barely. So half the time she just like conk her head <laughs> oh, on it no. and you just hear this loud, nice. like skull on wood. Uh, Mr. Um, and classic also, skull on wood. That sounds like I am dealing with the same issue because Mr. Bubbles refuses to come out from underneath the bed unless it's food time or he has to go take a shit. So it's you're finally getting the protest for moving a couple thousand miles away. Yeah, finally. But uh, no, it's it's been good. She got she got used to our other dog, Newt Scamander. Uh, he's a five, four or five year old, uh, just mix of stuff. Is he four or five? Uh, and, and, now, and now it's 
pretty adorable he'll she'll be playing with a stick and he'll grab it from her and then like trot away but then he'll stop and look back and be like hey like come on like, like this yeah, is fun come play with me you're supposed to come and get and, this and then he'll like she'll follow him and so he sprints and obviously being a bigger dog he's way faster but then once he realizes she's like 30 feet behind him he'll stop again and like turn around and look at like hey what's the plan super adorable uh but yeah no so that's been our uh big stuff and yes tuck the weather has been great uh here in the kc land as well uh, i've actually been working outside just taking my laptop out there yeah. uh, which has been real nice <laughs> biggest negative though I got a brand new laptop from work. Uh, it's a, a Dell Precision 5550. And the whole reason I ended up getting it is because they had given me a lower processor and less RAM on the initial machine that I've had for like a little over a year. Mm. And I, I just, I mean, I have like 40, 50 windows open yeah. and I have to have them all open because I'm doing stuff. And so my system CPU and memory would be at 90 to 100% after a reboot within like an hour or two it's just it was getting maxed so they went ahead and gave me what we give our engineers funny thing about that they didn't give me an upgraded battery so on 100 battery i have the i have the stock 38 watt battery in this workstation laptop and so at 100 the ai and the computer is like you'll get two hours and five minutes wow that's like worse than my alienware and thanks for tuning into the episode. And as always, with that main lift commentary from the Rich Chaos Record Studio, it's Squeeze McGee. I've heard he's a squeeze. Can we confirm? Can I get a confirm on that? Can I get okay. optics on that? I, I didn't hear what you said. A confirm on what? That you are in fact the squeeze McGee. I, I would hope that I am the squeeze McGee. I'm the only squee McGee I know. <laughs> I haven't met any other of the McGee family. But if y'all are out there in the magic universe, please reach out. That's a uh, dear squee at cmdtower.com email. Go ahead. Uh, it, it's redacted redacted communication preference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's no problem. If you want to search squee McGee on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, I don't know what these platforms are. I don't know how they work, but I tell you that notification that comes in when you get an email sticks out. Either way, hi y'all. How y'all doing? It's been it's been almost a week since I've talked to either of you. I know it's weird. Like I was like, man, I feel like we haven't done this in so long, and the only difference has been two days comparatively. <laughs> well, well, Tuck, you also switched rooms that you're recording, and you're now in your living room other than your bedroom. Nay, this has always been. This isn't the same room as last time. Oh, it's just decorated. I, just moved, ah, I, cons okay, okay. I consolidated. I had two desks, one for work and one for recording and MTG, and I consolidated them together. Well, it's nice to see you again. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to leave you all with one theory here. I was just talking to Tuck about this. I talked to Combo about this a little bit before cast. We don't need to dive into it. That being said, I'm going to throw this out there. Collective, share your experiences. If you buy a collector's booster pack from an LGS versus buying a collector's booster pack from Walmart or Target, do you get better stuff from the LGS or not? Oh, and Squee, I forgot to tell you earlier when you were telling that story, it doesn't work like that because my foil jeweled Lotus I got from a Walmart collector booster. I mean, 
I'm, I'm running a counter, on counter I'm running, data points. I, I like the data point, but I'm running on a year's worth of history here, and it has been unfortunately start. combo combo no I will be able to contribute to this experiment for the rest of the calendar year 2021. Uh-huh. That is unfortunately true. I don't know uh, unless you've all cheated, which I believe no. you may have. I have not cheated. I just have an awesome fiance that does buy me packs whenever she sees them in stores. So yeah, that's my y'all loop. are about to be married. Which oh, means the bank accounts are about right to be married. The edge. They're not. That they're is not pretty fringe. Yet. That's pretty damn fringe. If y'all are engaged to be married, I believe that the money is flowing in the same. It is not upward chalice. That's out of her. Not. That's out of her own money. Mm-hmm. That is out of her own money. Interesting. Uh-huh. Now, what if you were to tell her? To buy you packs with her own money. Is it well, still so, you buying no, a pack or no. are you transcendentally I, I, buying a pack? I don't do that. I have coached her though because so, most of the time she would buy well, me like Coaching some, sounds like telling, you know, just a thought. So I coach her so that way she doesn't waste her money because most of the time it's like she'll be at Walgreens and it'll be like some standard set from two sets of boosters or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's just sure. like, I don't really want any of that. And uh-huh. every time she and she does get a little depressed when I open it up and she's like, is there anything good in there? And I'm like, no, not really. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to educate her collector boosters or bust. That's just mm. the way it is. Like, if you know, if you, instead of buying me five packs for four dollars just spend 20 bucks and get me one Boy, and i'll be happy right. with that um so yeah. i love it so what i've heard here is look if you bought me a collector's booster with your own money i wouldn't be upset however i don't need anything else it's very it's you're towing a very thin line there and some would, <laughs> some would say you might be standing on some pretty thin ice when it comes uh, to breaking your new year's resolution you could say noticeably no sir thin? no sir chuck the notice hey man whatever everyone everyone tells themselves their sweet little lies to get through the day so well that's it that's 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 your squee update on bruising bills this week well, guys, if you don't know, want to know more ways to support the CMD Tower team, help my fiance buy the correct booster packs when she decides to be generous and all the content we produce, you should head over to our sponsor, LoveOneGameShop.com. They sell everything you need from a tabletop gaming perspective. They have a bunch of really cool dice, actually, that just came in. It's like ceramic Ooh. and stuff. It's pretty neat. Are those um, die or are they dice? I think it's dice because that's plural. I thought die was plural. Roll Wait, a no, die. die singular. Dice is plural. I don't know. I don't know where we're Yeah, at. you would roll a die. Die. Multiple dice. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Uh, and also, just to kind of let the collective know, I did talk with the level one. I was actually at the store this last weekend picking up your guys' awesome giveaways. And the fantastic Mia did state they are planning to start figuring out their in-person events. Uh, we actually just in the Kansas City area, mask mandates have been lifted in Kansas City for outside Johnson County after Friday will have no mask mandate at all. Casey Brooker just added bar seating and all sorts of tables back, baby. We're here. Yep. So, wow. uh, Yeah. I think all this just has to do with the fact that they didn't want Tuck around. So they're like, ah, let's just keep it there. Once he's out here, he's Bring the fun back. Bring the The fun back. The super spreader's Uh, gone. But, Collective, (laughs) keep listening. They're going to give us about a month notice because we are going to be one of their first events with a takeover. So be on the lookout. 
Of course, if you guys actually want to contribute financially to the cast, plus get a little bit extra, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we have four different pledge levels, and we're adding a brand new one today. Whether you're on the dollar, just CMD Tower 1, all the way up to the Mr. Combo number 5 table 1. I don't even remember what my own patron <laughs> thing is called. I just know it has my name on it. Uh, regardless of which one you sign up for, the amazing Uncle AJ had a great idea. We had to tweak it a little bit to make sure it worked with uh, the cast time. So what we're going to start doing is on Tuesday or Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, we're going to reach out to a random patron. As you guys know on Bruise and Builds, uh, Tuck and I stumble through our voice impressions. And so we're going to pick our cards, figure out who does not have voices, and then we're going to send that random patron and say, hey, I need a voice for, I don't know, uh, Ral Zarek. And you don't have him. Yeah, hey, we, we need it. We'll send Pretty it to sure you. Pretty sure it needs can, to be Liam Neeson, just a thought. Yeah, I mean, you could tell us it could be Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Uh, it could be Barney, uh, the big purple dinosaur, whatever you want. That <laughs> it could be Barney Stinson from uh, that one from the Andy Griffith show. If you want to stick on the Barney, it could be Barney from How I Met Your Mother. The options are limitless. Yeah, yeah. So that will be a new reward that we're going to start doing uh, each week. Uh, just to give you guys a little something extra and feel a little bit more connected with the cast. Uh, and of course, we do have our amazing referral program. So if you get re if you refer any of your friends, LGS, uh, you know, gaming partners, or even your frenemies at your LGS, uh, and they join the CMD Tower patron page, have them message us. Let them let us know. Hey, this person referred me, and we'll reach out to you and send you some free swag. It could be free pack of sleeves. It could be a free coin, uh, a reminder token. The options are limited. See, you thought I was going to say limitless, but I went limited. Boom, limited. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, if you guys uh, don't want to do a monthly subscription or even just need to pick up some extra merch, you can head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do sell everything that we provide on there. Um, and, of course, if you have a special request, like you'd like us to sign a playmat or something like that, uh, we very well could forge Big Tuck's signature because it's I was just going to say, it's pretty, it's, pretty easy, it's pretty easy to mimic that signature. And we can just... It's, me, look at me. <laughs> and of course, guys, the free way is just to share the content we're all you're already listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, we'd love to give a big shout out to Pink Royal, who provides the music at the beginning and the end of the episodes, and our awesome video editor, T Coats. Hit him up at T Coats on Twitter. Uh, he will be tagged in all the posts. He does all the video editing for us on YouTube. So please go watch those videos, subscribe to the channel. Uh, that lets him know that his hard work is something you guys enjoy. And new month, new giveaway. Who dis? Uh, stay tuned till the end so you can find out what that giveaway is going to be from level one. So Bruce and Builds is our deck deck series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us, and each month will be a new theme. We correlate how those decks are constructed similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp instead of your board state. We call that grain. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next is going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beard's patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. 
And then, of course, my favorite section is how does the deck actually close out and win games, which this deck kinda doesn't do. We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content to carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then my actual favorite, this is like kind of like secret Hitler. Uh, this is actually my secret favorite, shenanigans. These can be pet card synergies. Unfortunately, Alter the Brew didn't make the cut that are just yeah. kind of fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spice is another additive to help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout, or the additional hops that turn IP into a double IP. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we generally talk about it. And then we have a bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tex and I's cuts and ads that are usually under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. The only restriction is no mana-only lands, and, of course, this month's theme. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So if you thought last month was a stretch, this month is all about interpretation. It's budget month, but that phrase can literally mean so many different things to so many different people. Uh, I'm sure Elon Musk, a budget deck, is uh, <laughs> alpha everything and all the promo arts. Uh, you know. <laughs> to Elon Musk, a budget deck is Mr. Combo's normal deck. Well, actually, yeah, at the same rate, though, Elon Musk has been really hot on Dogecoin, so he may be into the budget thing. Except Doge went tanked. Uh, and then so it's going to be by tanked. It went to what? 29 cents. It was at like four. It's doing great. It's yeah. Doing great. Did you get in at four and buy a thousand shares? No, but a buddy at work did. There you go. Well, um, so I'm actually kicking this month off with my budget deck. And I got the theme of it from an actual MTG Goldfish Command Clash video plug for even a potential spoiler for a guest later this month. Ooh, la, la. Um, and they had someone on and it eludes me. So I do apologize if somehow this gets back to them because uh, I'm sure they're an avid CMD Tower uh, listener. And they, they had a budget person on and they did this thing to where all the deck cards in their deck had to be 78 cents or less. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But of course, I don't try to just steal stuff. Just like for my seven dwarves, some CCO. Hey, let's make it all permanent. Let's make it a little bit different. Yeah. So what I try juice. to do is I try to make this deck every single card in the deck that is non-basic lands or non-basic cards, I guess is the best way to say it, would average out to be 78 cents or less. So this deck is actually coming in at a cool 50 cents a card at the moment. Nice. And we are talking about Niv-Mizzet the Firemine. I'm big impressed. Tuck. 50 cents a card and Mr. Combo's day. That's the average. That's the average. It, it kind of all over the place. Um, Tuck, why don't you read the CMC yeah. and what the card does? And I'll kind of talk about why I chose this for my budget deck. Uh, and as you guys notice, I do have a new setup, and luckily I'm on a new monitor where I do not need to wear my glasses. So look at this. Uh, Nim Visit the Firemind is legendary creature dragon wizard that costs two blue, blue, and red, red. Uh, he is a 4 4 flyer that whenever you draw a card, Nim Visit the Firemind deals a damage to target creature or player, and then he taps for draw a card. And I'm pretty sure that's been added to any target. So you yep. can target plays, walkers, and all that jazz as well. So kind of my thought is when I said I was going to build a budget deck, it's like, okay, budget to me, and I know this may offend people, but budget to me usually means simple strategies. It, to, it It's kind of hard to do complex things or... So don't tell that to Oob. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's just hard it, for me, just because I'm so familiar with all the really good cards, to say, okay, I'm going to do budget Planeswalkers. And it's like, what? I can't run Doubling Season or Chain Veil? Like, why would I even play this? Um, or, uh, gosh, um, the uh, blue dude, uh, Deep Glow Skate. Oh, I think sure. that's like a $35 yeah. card now. Um, so what? I was like, okay, what's easy to do in a budget? Draw cards. Okay, well, what can I do? Oh. What commander cares about drawing cards? And I was like, well, Niv-Mizzet pink stuff. Andy is a 4-4 flyer and can draw a card on the body. So I decided to kind of do this is it draw card build, little bit of control, because that's kind of what is it does. Um, I've played the deck only a few times. Does it perform that great? Granted, I don't think I've ever played against other budget decks, so that's probably right. a lot to do with it. Because a lot of my turns are cast some spells, draw some cards, do some ramp, pass. There's not nothing that's very explosive or impactful, um, but I am curious to get into this deck today. And considering you know Tuck likes to talk about how he's a budget player, but I think his like I, he's struggling to find a deck under a hundred dollars for this month. Yeah, not a budget player. That's correct. No, it's absolutely correct. We comparatively to non-budget players, I'm 100 percent a budget player. No, you not. can say you're a budget player because you have 40 decks and a couple of them aren't worthwhile. But the decks that you do like, whew, they ain't budget. Uh, your average decks are usually 150 to 350 dollars. That's not a budget. I would say comparative to most people in our player group in Kansas but that's, City, that's that is 100 percent a budget. We're not trying to compare. You're, you're also one, in North Carolina. Well, I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't have any DT out here. Murder to another murderer's <laughs> murder and who had the most egregious murder. We're not trying to do that. We're just saying, what is budget? What is murder? Murder is bad. What is budget? Budget is not $250 because everyone else in the play group plays an $800 deck. That doesn't work right. like that. So sure. budget just means, you know, I and I like the way Ube, I think usually he tries to have his decks 100 bucks or less. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think when you look at like the commander precons, that's usually a good... Uh, uh, idea of what a budget deck is because I think right. usually the total card value of those things until people learn what stuff does it's usually like 65 to 75 dollars somewhere right. in there yeah. and I would say that's a fairly budget deck yeah, um, I think that sounds right so yeah. Tuck I don't think you've ever played against this but as you were looking through the list looking at the commander what were your initial thoughts well, it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like this deck has a lot in common with this delicious local Big Mouth IPA because the Big Mouth IPA, like the deck, also features a bright golden malt or grain profile that brings together Eldorado, Lemon Drop, and Comet Hops for notes of fresh lemon and sweet orange. Ooh. So to me, when I was looking through this, I think that this got a really solid grain profile and also a very solid hop profile. But I will admit that, uh, and similar to this beer that's only a 6.2% hazy IPA, the spice and yeast package is a little here or there. Now, that being said, Mr. Combo, I have to give you insanely high props because there's like two cards that you could have put in here that could have turned this into a budget infinite combo deck. And you either had the wear resolve to not put them in intentionally, you didn't know they existed, or we'll be talking about them in the spice package, which might, I'm guessing it's some combination of the three. You mean talking about it in the bottle capping and bottle yes, capping, we will yes. Okay. 
But yeah, so looking through this, like I think this plays, I feel like this would probably play a very similar, like you said, to a pre-con where it kind of takes a little bit while to get where it's going. But I think you have enough removal and like ancillary stuff to kind of get there. The one thing I did notice is that you only have 32 lands in it, which seems like it might be a little on the lower side. Um, but you do have a lot of different mana rocks, a lot of different interesting things there. There also are some cards in here that are... I didn't even know were budget that also do a lot of value for what they do. Um, especially in blue, like it's really hard to build a blue budget decks because all the blue standards and staples almost across the board now have become like yeah. five, six, seven dollar cards that used to be a dollar or two. Yep. No, I think that's very fair. Um, and I saw the 32 lands as well. But I will say every time I've played this deck, which is only like four times, so that's not a, a big big uh sample size i usually get flooded with ramp. Really? Uh, yeah and, and so kind of my thought was let's do more artifacts let's do more creatures that get lands mm -hmm. uh, let's do more crack fetch lands of the budget variety and i think 32 will be fine because it's almost i'm almost playing this deck like a cedh deck fewer lands way more of the ramp stuff that are actual tangible things that sit on the battlefield sure for more meat on the bone opposed right. to 35 36 37 lands and fewer of those things and then it's like well i literally can just you know kind of loot and play a land and that's it opposed to okay well you know what i, I don't have a land to play let's play a couple mana rocks so that i could tap those and still loot yeah, and then i've been able to actually progress my board Sure. That tracks. Um, but um, in terms of the mana base, you look like you're a little light on the blue. Yeah. But again, like when you're running however many is however many basics that you are, and lands are the ones that are going to skyrocket the price, like way more. Like a single shock land is like twice the price of anything you have in here. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's like whatever. Um, and then I thought the curve is also pretty decent at 3-9, considering yep. your commander. And like, again, the cards, the cards in these colors that cost less cost more in green right mm -hmm. like they just cost more money um so both of those i thought were like pretty boilerplate on the nose for good budget decks yeah and you know and i think something that i want to point out because we we don't talk about it often is like what's the distribution between mythics rares commons uncommons and the only I, reason i want to bring it up is so i'm looking at this deck we got 38 commons 23 uncommons and only 19 combined rares and mythics Opposed to, if we look at my Selenia deck that was on Bruise and Builds a few weeks ago, we have 51 Mythic Rares and Rares <laughs> and 29 total Commons and Uncommons. And so I think Damn. that goes to show if you're if you're trying to build a budget deck, whether you're trying to challenge yourself or you're legitimately, you only have X amount of dollars to spend on a hobby, right. Look more in that uncommon common because that's where you're going to save a lot of your money. Yes, there are commons and uncommons that can creep up in price, but you know when we talked about my Selenia deck that is close to a thousand dollars, I think having fifty-one mythic rares and rares probably is why it's up. Yeah, there. exactly. But we'll we'll get into some of those more pricey commons in just a little bit. Boom, boom, boom. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and start off this episode with the grain section, and I will kick this off with a card that very widely known. The reason I like it is it's 20 cents, and it allows me to see and play off the top of my library. 
And this deck doesn't really play scary stuff that I'm really worried by exposing the top of my library to my opponents. So I'm talking about Future Sight. I was very surprised to see that this card was so cheap. And now mm -hmm. granted, one thing that we'll, we'll say guys, um, sorry, should have done this beforehand. I made the deck out of cards that I have, and I'm sure Tuck probably did the same, and some of our other guests will probably do the same. We're basing the budget on just what's the most cost-efficient card you could get or version. Uh, so right. I, you know, like I have some foils in here that, in theory, are like thirty-dollar foils, but the uh, the non-foil version of it, it's like ten cents. So right. yep. anytime we talk about prices here, it's just with the cards that I actually own but you can get it in a budget version. So just want to get that disclaimer out there. I uh, forgot to mention it earlier. So Great this card's coming in at 20 cents. I was very shocked to see Future Sight at 20 cents. So two colorless, blue, 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 enchantment. Oh. Uh, of course, my version is a rare from Modern Horizons, the best set ever printed. One of, uh, one of the few rares. <laughs> and it states, play with the top card of your library revealed. You may play the top card of your library. And it does have some flavor text. Yeah, and we this is a this is a brand new one, so Velka, let her rip. Velka Wandering Sage. I feel like she'd be like the uh angry Russian from Orange is the New Black. Uh, oh red? Big, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Alright. Is the inevitable any list miraculous? Yeah, it's alright. Okay. Anyways, so I like this card because my decks I'm trying to draw as much as I can. I didn't count. I guarantee I probably have 20 to 25 draw mechanics in this deck at least. Mm -hmm. And so it allows me, and some of them are a discard then draw. And so being able to see that top, it allows me to figure out, am I discarding the right card? Or am I, right. is it good to draw it now? Or should I do a scry effect first? Um, and be able to get that to the bottom. And like I said, I mean, and Tuck, you could speak as a potential opponent in the future. Is there anything really in this deck other than maybe a couple cards? If you saw it be on top, you'd get worried about? The only ones would be the ones that you're probably talking about in the bottle capping. And that's why I think it's pretty safe in this one. Uh, my experience with this card is this is a card that I think is always, I think this is cool. I have never personally got it to work the way that I want it to. And it's been one of the ones that I've tried to put into decks and then they get cut for whatever reason. Yeah. But I think that in this deck, that's like a little slower, not quite as explosive. And like you said, doesn't have these big things that people are going to get scared of when they see it plays a lot more, especially with your low end draw spells. I think it plays really into that theme. Well, so very cool inclusion. And again, it's one of those cards. It's really cool to see actually work in a deck. Great. Well, what is your first grain? So this is a land that I don't oh. usually like to talk about, but I think in a I think in a budget deck, which is funny because even though this card is a common, it used to be not budget because it was played in popper like crazy. So Ash Barons is a great card on your budget for like a filter land. So Ash Barons is a land that's a common um, comes into play untapped. You can tap it for a colorless. And then as basic land cycling one, which is one, discard this card, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. So the thing that I really like about Ash Barons, because this card, when it first got printed, because it was in, it only got printed in like one command set, and I think now they've reprinted it in like every command set almost, so it used to be like five bucks. The thing that's great about it in this budget land base is like, you, there's so many times where you really need that island or that mountain, right? And that, uh, and a slower dual land or whatever, 
um, wouldn't quite get you there. But the real kick with this one is even late game, it's not like a fetch land, which I know you don't like playing, like the Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic Expanses of the world. Um, this is not as big as a dead drop late in the game for that. We've also talked about like shuffle effects with your top deck manipulation. If you know that there's a bunch of shit on the top of your deck, it's easy to just cycle this away, get your land and play it the next turn. Just seems like it does a lot of value for the 24 cents that it costs now. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head, actually, with your very first statement, you know, with, with the colors, making sure you have the right color. Like, just scrolling through here, I have multiple cards with triple pips of mm -hmm. the same color. And so it could be one of those things where maybe I'm light on blue, and it's like, I need to cast my... Um, future Sight, even, as a yeah, future Sight. Right? Um, and so I need to go get that other island so I can actually do it this turn. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love it, and I like this actually more than Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic Expanse, because even though it costs you a colorless mana, it goes to hand, and you could play it that turn, so it's exactly. untapped. I hate the fact that Terramorphic uh, and those guys come in tapped. I get it. That's how they power down the card. It's just, that that's the one drawback there where I really like Ash Barons, and mm -hmm. Ash I don't do it I don't do it with my decks because I do have a pretty solid mana base and uh, access to cards but I could see yeah, yeah. even if you were trying to build a very good deck but you didn't have the gr couple grand to buy all the Aber duels that you need for your three color deck this would probably still be good to put in there yeah. and be like hey I need to go get a green in my four color deck Ash Baron it exactly Comple completely agree on that I mean right. like we said shuffle effects all that stuff is all very good all right, uh, my next one is a card that I thought was expensive at one point because of Pioneer, but it's only showing at 34 cents. So I am talking about the treasure, a Caruse. Oh. So, seven colorless blue sorcery, it's a common. It has Delve, so each card you exile from your graveyard while casting this can reduce its cost by a colorless. And it says draw three cards and hit that RNG. Uh, okay, here we go. We are hearing this from Jessica, who's Gingy the Gingerbread Man. Oh, God, yes. Countless delights drift on the surface while dark shapes run below. <laughs> oh, and, nice. and it says draw three cards. I don't even think I said that part. Uh, no. So, uh, draw yeah, three cards! It's it's amazing in this deck because so many of my draw effects are also discard effects. Exactly. And I do not have graveyard recursion in this deck. So it's just like, I don't even care. Like, I will delve everything from my graveyard <laughs> and draw three cards, get three Niv-Mizzet triggers, and, you know, maybe able to contribute to the game. Um, usually you have that cost-benefit analysis on Treasure Cruise. Okay, what am I gonna be potentially delving? At what part yeah. of the game am I gonna be doing this at? I have enough other stuff in there, even if I have this in my opening hand, as long as I have two or three other loot effects, I'll keep it, because I'll probably be able to Treasure Cruise on turn four. So, right. yeah, all yeah, upside, it, zero down. And this, yeah, and this card's been like pretty much reprinted into Oblivion, um, and that's one of the reasons why it's so cheap, right? It's been reprinted in Commander sets and Modern Horizon, or, um, like some master sets, mystery boosters, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, but it's so valuable. And again, we're, we will talk about the graveyard recursion later, but a lot of the, these cantrips, you don't even want to recur them if you can't, right? So mm -hmm. being able to feed those into it. And personally, the thing that I like the most about uh, Treasure Cruise, well, actually, the thing I don't like about it is that it is a sorcery. But again, when you're only doing it for one, so much value. Yep. 
that's a card draw spa that Mr. Combo can get behind. As I say, I thought we forgot to mention this earlier. This is also your nightmare deck because there's a bunch of cards that just draw you cards, which is your least favorite thing to do. Yeah, I know. All right, Tuck. Speaking of which, uh, I'm talking about another land, which also just happens to be one of the rares in the set that I think is, I personally think this is kind of underplayed. So it's always lonely in the lighthouse, but evidentially, every once in a while, you get to meet some sort of redheaded lady folk well i guess nicole kidman was a blonde in that one anyways aquaman reference that's what lighthouse is what we're talking about here so this is another card that's gotten reprinted over and over again it's a land you can tap it add for a colorless and then a colorless and is it that's blue red tap draw and then discard a card uh let's spin the wheel for me please don't be elephant please don't be elephant please don't be elephant okay perfect um don't even need to introduce this one uh oh we're about to hear a bunch of f-bombs like a lonely sentinel facing gales, hurricanes, and like tides of homicidal spirits, smelly cat. Uh, so obviously, <laughs> I, I, I think that this card, I think it should be played in almost every is it deck, if not every is it deck, and in a lot of three color ones, just because there's so many times in the early game where you like you're not doing much, you're drawing cards. Yeah. Maybe you run out of draw spells, and this just gives you something to do all the time. I think it obviously doesn't scale as well the more colors you add to it, because that colorless can kind of bite you in the ass. But for me, I think, especially for the price, for the ability, um, and it doesn't come into play tap, so it's not even a dead draw late in the game, and it sort of replaces itself, it seems like this is like a really good inclusion in decks that really care about drawing cards. Yeah, I mean... You're kind of making me want to maybe put this in my Brutaclad deck just because it is all permanent. Yeah. So this would at least get Absolutely. me something to do. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fantastic in here because it basically comes down to if I have no card draw spells in hand, I at least can draw a card on the battlefield because exactly. I do not care how I do it. And honestly, I don't even care if Nymphemus is on the battlefield. I'm trying to draw through my deck and do it as fast as possible and just hopefully have Nymphemus machine gun stuff exactly. down or get to my control pieces to keep me alive long enough to get right. Nymphemus on the battlefield. Totally agree. So slam dunk inclusion in this deck and like I said, most of the decks in my ever so honest opinion. All right, well, my last one is one of the few tutors I have at the deck. And I only have a handful of things I can grab with her, but the few things are actually pretty good, and it's very modal for me. So I'm talking about Trophy Mage. Uh, coming out of a cool quarter, uh, it's a two-colorless blue creature human wizard. It's an uncommon. When Trophy Mage enters the battlefield, I may switch my library for an artifact card with CMC. Yeah, with Harry, sorry. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and <laughs> shuffle your library and ignore Big Tuck. Uh, what is my RNG? Sorry, and also, um, this is my fault. I made a mistake. Uh, Nymph Mizzet's, uh, just so people aren't confused, Nymph Mizzet's creature type actually is legendary creature Dragon Wizard Harry. Dargon yeah, Wizard, Wizard Harry, Harry, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a time for another thing. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those playing the home game, Mr. Campos hitting his face on the microphone right now. And it looks like and a man it's staying just, in. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this is this is our Tavalis Acolyte of Corliss, aka Canoe Reeves. Read this one out loud for the group. The tools of the past will help us forge the future. Well played. Well played. Very good. Yeah, you, got, you really so, got that down. 
I'm going to be honest. When I built the deck and I put Trophy Mage in there, it's like, oh, are you budget? Oh, could you get me some mana rocks? Okay, let's put you in there. But as I was going through today, I was like, I was actually kind of considering, is this a card I cut? I'm not too sure, but there's actually a card in my spice package that partners very well with my commander uh, because it has a lifelink. And whenever he deals damage, I'm now mm. gaining life. Mm -hmm. And that and Trophy Mage actually allows me to tutor that to hand, which is very nice. So that's why I said it's a modal card because right. it can go grab me. And I'm assuming Tuck's not talking about it. A Pilgrim's Eye. How it dare go, you? It, it could go get me stuff like Seer's Lantern, assuming you're not talking about that. Uh, and then even... Uh, magnifying glass which is really key especially when i have a bunch of leftover mana investigate get clues sacrifice the clues draw more cards oh, so yeah. uh it, it does have enough utility i think to leave in the deck because the few things that it can grab do fill my uh game plan up more but i would say if there was a cheaper more universal tutor to get in here i would definitely be open to that because it is extremely narrow with trophy yeah mode. i think but i think it's I think it works in the budget decks because the problem is as mana rocks as mana rocks mana costs go down, their prices exponentially go up, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll even talk about that in my next card. And I'll just say it because actually, if you don't mind, I can it kind of all ties together. Hello? Uh oh. Uh oh. Gotcha! <laughs> no way! Oh, Damn it! <laughs> With the callback! I love That's it! That's like the third time he's done it too! Look at that! I just panicked I'm like, God, I was like, dude, this is gonna go another 10 minutes while he sorts this out. Alright, so this pairs very nicely in the argument with the card that I have, which is Star Compass. Two colors for an artifact that when it enters the battlefield tapped, and then you can tap to your mana pool, one mana of any color that's a basic land, uh, that you, if one mana that's a color that a basic land you control can produce, and this is gonna be read quickly by uh, Gideon, who's our generic Captain Kill guy, thank God, that's an easy one. Um, it doesn't point north. It points home. So in a budget deck, this is like your one of your more expensive mana rocks at a buck twenty-two. And now that like when you're looking into things like the worn power stones of the world, the um, magnifying glasses and whatnot, yeah, manolith. This would be a great deck for it because obviously you can't afford <laughs> one of the millions of better versions of it. Um, so that's why I think Trophy Mage is so powerful in this deck because you have to play a little slower in your mana rocks. And I think with the things that you have in here, you will always have a target. It, you'll always find something that can at least get you that can replace itself and push the game forward for you and then kind of segueing into tuck's card on star compass i like the card in the deck because it does give me a turn two play uh yeah. and that kind of sets me up for turn three it does hose me a little bit that it only produces out of the basic land i control could produce because i do have i mean not a ton but i do have a fair amount of non-basics in the deck and right. that would really suck if I had Highland Lake out and it doesn't tap for anything. That yeah. would blow. Um, so, but I think, you know, for $1.22, especially if you're in that, I'd say one and two colors, it's probably worth it. Mm -hmm. I'd get worried when you get to three, four, and five yeah. on a budget because then you're banking on the fact that you have one of each basic out there. So it could kind yep. of be your chromatic lantern manolith or many of the other better versions of manolith. So uh, it does get I'm just happy you brought it up. I'm just happy you brought it up. But I do think at a two color, that's right at the fringe where it's like, it's just okay enough. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the green section. Now we're going to head over to the hops and pick Tuck. Like you said earlier, lots of options. Lots of options about? here. So I'm choosing, I went on, I went on one that's a great card because it's funny and then two that have funny names. And when I first read this card, I actually like laughed out loud and I really have no idea why. Um, maybe it's because it's very devious. So devious cover up, I think it's such a great name for a card and it's something that this deck desperately needs. So two colorless, two blue for counter target spell. It's an instant, that's a common. Um, if the spell is countered this way, exile instead of put into its owner's graveyard, becoming more and more of a real value play in EDH. Then finally, you may shuffle up to four target cards from your graveyard into your library. Um, so, and this card's also coming in at about three cents, uh, maybe 25, depending on where you're looking to get it at. But why would you um, buy from the pirates at Card Kingdom? Jesus. Yeah, it's <laughs> three cents and 25 cents? Good uh, lord. Okay, so I gotta remember this one. Uh, okay, so this is Hannah, who we decided is a Mad Hatter. First, dispose of the evidence. Then dispose of your knowledge of its disposal. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, um, so it actually sounds like right. something the Mad Hatter would say. Yeah, I agree, right? Which I think it, that worked out perfectly. So that's why I like this card. Again, like four four mana for a counterspell is like not great. Yeah. But the fact that exiles, which a lot of the three mana can the three mana cancel of Rydals, no cancel is still not my card of twenty twenty one, nor will nor this year, nor any year in the future. I, um, I, I, would, I would just guess at this point in twenty twenty one, you have given up on picking a card for twenty twenty one and are we'll moving see. on to twenty twenty two. It's very, it's it's anyone's game out here. And the thing I like is that even though you don't have a lot of tutors yet, potentially, the fact that you do get to shuffle some up into your into your graveyard, shuffle up your library, gives you something else to do than opposed to just like counter spell, draw a card. So just in case you do have these pieces that you might be adding in later or something like those lines, you can get them back if they got blown up early. Well, and I kind of look at this deck winning only one of two ways. One is a card in the East package we're not going to talk about yet. And then the yeah. other one is just if Niv-Mizzet can machine down enough stuff, which the only way to do that is if I draw almost my entire deck. Exactly. And so I actually like Devious Cover-Up because I look at this as the super, super, super late game where it's maybe at one of my one win con is in the graveyard. Or I just need to get a few more draw card type things to just get that last little bit of damage in. Let's get those four put back in there. Um, right. So I do think it does a ton. And I do agree. Man, I've got the hiccups. Um, four CMC for a counter spell isn't great. But I think the fact that they made it up with an exile effect and yep. put four cards from your great card in your library, yeah. that's a lot of value for just the two extra mana. Agreed. All right. My first one is a card that has been reprinted into Oblivion. Uh, was a main uh, main staple in uh, mono black decks that couldn't deal with enchantments. And it is a one drop. So we're talking about Universal Solvent. I think this card is fantastic for budget decks. So it costs one colorless. It's an artifact. Uh, and you can pay seven colorless, tap, sacrifice Universal Solvent, Destroy target permanent, and it only costs six cents. And apparently, Thomas Wealthfast Inventor is my voice that I have to do. And we don't I, have I, one for that, I assume. Yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> um, I feel like it's I'm gonna, gonna go, some like rich banker or something. I'm cool, assuming like we're that. never gonna see this name again. So I'm gonna go with a lazy way out because it's funny. I'll see if you guys can guess it. 
Hey! 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 Is, is this Pikachu and Harry Carey put together? Uh-uh. From a video game that we all beloved and have played a hundred times. Oh, could, uh, could, it's could, Fairy from uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Na Navi, I believe, right? Is that her name? Yes, sir. I'm still sticking with Pikachu and Harry Carey put together. So this card's great because red has a lot of artifact removal, which I do have in the deck. Blue has bounce stuff, which I have in the deck. But it sometimes gets difficult to deal with enchantments and creatures because most, now I do have some, but most of the blue cards that deal with creatures, whether it exiles them, it turns them into something else, uh, they cost a lot of dollars. And yes. so, you know, your Pongifies and stuff just couldn't couldn't make the cut in a budget deck, at least the way I was doing it. So Universal Solvent's nice because it gives me a turn one play. No one is wasting removal on this until there's something that they want to play from their hand and I'm holding up seven mana and they're stressing about it. Which even we, then, we if they gotta make a sound effect this, for no one's no one's wasting removal on this, by the way. We that I, I need I need like a, a a gag I can throw in there for every like eight times we say this each episode. <laughs> Dig it! All right, done deal. There Add we go. To the real. So it, it gives you the ability to be able to deal with creatures. It gives you the ability to deal with lands, even enchantments, all the things that usually these colors don't do well at, or they do, but it's just, it's your pongifies and stuff. And they're just too expensive to have in a true budget deck. I do like, okay, fine. I do like that this card is a turn one play. No one's going to kill it. Um, and the fact that it's any permanent, it does it does add up. I think you have a better option for this in this deck that exists as well. Um, even, at, even on a budget, uh, this card does do a lot. There's other cards that are similar, and I think the reason why this one plays better than others in the similar price range is that it does just sit there, right? It's a rattlesnake card. Um, the seven mana is an investment, but this does get rid of the worst, potentially the worst thing that exists on your opponent's board whenever you need to, right? Like when you're mm -hmm. trying to do your things, when you're trying to attack in and you need to get rid of that propaganda or whatever the case may be, this card can do it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, granted, if it deals with it, but this can also deal with a problematic planeswalker. Hey, it's a best yes. ultimate. They did deep glow skate. Holy crap, we're about to die. All right, I'll pay seven and kill it. So, yeah. See, seven mana in blue can mean more than Cyclonic Rift, people. <laughs> you always got to be careful. What's your next one? Uh, so, this one is what I'm calling the budget blue sudden spoiling. And I think it's even funnier because of the outcome of it. So, it is in fact a bit of a jest, a bit of a gag, if you will. And it might be coming from someone who likes to move things from one to the other. So Polymorphous Jest, I think is a hysterical, super valuable uh, budget card. So it's Ooh, a colorless blue, blue. Yeah, right? But colorless blue blue for an instant until end of turn each creature target player controls loses all abilities and become a blue frog with base tower pace power and toughness one one um and since i don't have to create voices i get to take a spin which is my favorite part of this whole bit you guys see uh, how he does that to me god damn it <sighs> you got the you got the sorcerer supreme no that Run one's cool. easy it's that damn young elephant again um <laughs> Okay, hold on. It's high pitch. It's everything's ending in a question. Just don't make it sound like the voice you just did. Yeah. 
The flies were bothering me. Gyro Master Prolamorphist. I don't know. I hate that. That's my least favorite accent that we got. Luckily, it's gone from the rotation. So yeah, like I said, it does everything that the second wants. The only thing that sucks about it is that it doesn't prevent from tokens as much as the Sun Spoiling does. Putting them to zero, they still can hit you. But again, turning your even paying three to turn a Dark Seal off, to turn a Voltron mm -hmm. Commander off for a turn. Um, the other thing I really like about it too is that it's not targeting a creature; it's targeting a player. And like we talked about two episodes ago or something, not people don't run a lot of like you have hexproof effects. Yep. So there's always gonna be target for this. Um, um, it can be a political card. Just does a ton of value for three mana. Should be played more. Yeah, I agree on the should be played more because that three mana, I mean, that is sudden spoiling mana, but not everyone could be sudden spoiling. That card's bananas. Right. Uh, but for a dollar, because I think sudden spoiling is probably, what, five? If not more? I don't, yeah, I don't know what the reprint. Um, but, you know, while Tuck's looking that up, it does a lot for me in this deck because I don't have propaganda because it's not mm -hmm. a budget and yeah, like I, I, need, I need ways to protect myself. And so this at least allows it to where if for some reason someone thinks that I'm the threat, I can at least protect myself for a minimal investment. Yep. Completely agree. Um, and so, so two things, deep close skate now $3. What? Uh, yeah. It got reprinted like three times. Um, sudden spoiling now only a buck. Oh, I'm buying so many of those. I was going to say, time, time to go to the bank. I was say, I'm seeing $3 on TCG. I I go off of, I go to Scryfall and I let them tell me what, what's what. All right. Well, my next one is a card because this deck does not function as I always do uh, without the commander. Because uh, literally no one is worried about me bashing them 20 times with uh, Trophy Mage. So I need some ways to be able to protect my creatures, uh, specifically Commander, but also I'd like to also continue to draw and discard cards. So we're talking about one of the few Planeswalkers I have in the deck, Kazmina Enigmatic Mentor. Nailed it. So three colorless blue, legendary Planeswalker Kazmina. She is a uncommon from war at 21 cents with five loyalty. Uh, she has an activated ability of lose two loyalty, create a 2-2 blue wizard creature token, Harry. draw a card, then discard a card. Uh, and then she has a static effect. Spells your opponent's cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control cost two more to cast. So for four mana, I'm protecting my commander when it hits the battlefield, and I can immediately drop it down by two and get another 2-2 blocker and draw a card and discard a card, which then cause niv Mizzet to ping something. So it does everything that I want. It's a hop, it's a grain, it's perfect, and protection is huge, because also I could not afford Swift Foot Boots or Lightning Greaves <laughs> in this deck. <laughs> I, yeah, this card's awesome. I think this is a card that people slept on a lot through War of the Spark um, in any of these strategies. Even just getting the value if you don't have ways to recur or proliferate or anything. And what I was upset with and why I just looked is I wondered if they had errated this to say uh, creatures and planeswalkers you have have ward two. Uh oh. But they don't. So it's just doing it the old fashioned way. But again, I think this is one of some of the uncommon planeswalkers like we talked about. Their their static ability isn't as good as their minus ability or vice versa. And I think this one kind of gives you both, especially in this deck, especially for the 50 cent piece. So love it. It does bangers in my budget uh, Super Friends deck that we talked about however many months ago. 
Yeah, that's great. And uh, correct yourself, it's not 50 cents, it is 20 cents. There you go. All right, well, what is your last hop? Uh, so this is one that, again, just has a funny name, and I think that's the reason why I like it, uh, but there you do play some cards that play into it. So we this kind of would normally fall into the spice section because it's pet cards and other shenanigans that we like <gasps> to talk about. I was hoping you were going to talk about it. You took the bait. Yeah. So shenanigans, again, another classic, another classic. Mr. Combo had 50 of them lying around for Modern Horizons. Yep. Colorless in red for a sorcery. It's an uncommon for nine cents I'm seeing here. Uh, destroy target artifact and then dredge one. If you would draw a card, instead you may put exactly one card from the top of your library into your graveyard if you do return it to your hand. Um, and here we go again. Thank God. There's so, we're, we, got, we got through some of, the good, some of the good ones that I don't have to worry about as much. Um, <laughs> Clearly not. Okay, I got this. Is another one tough one for me. Pricey bubble, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, wow, he's really pricey bubbles. A no match for cheap tricks. As read by Obnixless vis-a-vis Pedro Pascal of Oberon oh. Martel. I really struggle with that one. So uh, this is another one for me that plays really nice with your future site and also your delve cards and these other things that get shuffled in. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is that it is sorcery speed, so you kind of sure. have to like shoot your shot on your turn. The fact that it is recurrable, the fact that you can start digging, putting stuff into your graveyard if you're trying to dig, if you know what's on top of your library because of one of your million scry effects, now you can keep kind of going through and this gives you a way to repeatedly bring that back and also repeatedly put things in your graveyard. See, I actually look at it as I don't care about the sorcery speed in this deck because a good chunk of my card draw is at sorcery speed for the mm -hmm. most part. And so it's like, oh, I'm playing your Doretti deck. There's like three or four things I need to worry about. Okay, it's like turn whatever. I got nine mana. Let's spend two, kill one. I'll do a brainstorm. It's going to draw. I'll dredge instead. Yep. Shenanigans. Once that resolves, I'll destroy another. Let's do another one. And it allows me in a turn to almost go off as much as a budget deck could. <laughs> to get your storm count up for your no storm card payoff. <laughs> All right, well, I'll wrap this up with one of my favorite removal cards. I wish it wasn't Murder? the sorcery. Uh, Curse of the Swine. I oh, love so this good. card. So good. X blue blue sorcery. It's a rare from Theros. Uh, comes in at 83 cents, but Card Kingdom has it for a quarter, so I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, exile X target creatures. For each creature exiled this way, its controller puts a 2-2 green boar creature token onto the battlefield. And there is flavor text. Okay, we got <laughs> uh, the cough, the high voice Jack Canadian from Grown Ups a Movie. Another imminent battle! Subdued in! Busy sniffing and carefree rooting! Honestly, I just sound like Chris uh, Tucker from uh, Fifth Element. You gotta yeah, get more pretty, like pretty you gotta get close. more like the A, like the, you gotta do a little bit more like the Mr. Bevers, like draw oh, so yeah, out a little bit. I don't know how to talk Canadian. 
That's fair. That's a fair point. Uh, but I love this guy because it allows me, once again, there are dead periods in the game where I don't really have anything to do. I can't even draw cards because I haven't gotten to another card draw spell. And it's like, I guess I could tap Niv-Mizzet to draw a card and just see what happens. Yeah. I would much rather when it's late game and I got a bunch of mana to dump, let's dump it into Curse of Swine. And even if I'm just getting rid of two, two flying drakes, I'd rather that be a two, two boar on the ground. That's easier to deal with. And it's easier for my opponents to deal with because hopefully I'll get some, yeah, he screwed up me, but man, he got rid of all those flying thopters. Well, that was helpful. So uh, I think it does a lot. I, it's right on the fringe of a budget card because I don't think if this was a dollar fifty or more i'd say a dollar but we're talking 17 cents but if it was over a buck fifty i don't think this would be playable like for the money because at sorcery speed that's just an expensive card to just be a mana sink i don't know especially when you don't have ways to like make a gazillion mana like in other decks that would run this right or don't care about x or yeah better point it doesn't win the game so it's not like torment to hailfire if that was a dollar 50 card you could justify that because well i could win the game if i get enough mana right this does not win you the game it just delays the potential inevitable so i'm glad like i kind of was worried about this card because i agree with you it's an amazing removal and there was a t- moment in time and i went and looked up on mtg goldfish that this was creeping up to like the two dollar mark Wow. Like it was start, it was starting to get up there. Um, then it got reprinted in Commander 2021, um, as well as in the Kaldheim Commander precons. And I think that helped to like regulate the price. And I agree. Like I don't think this is a two dollar card. This card's amazing. Uh, again, don't overlook the exile effect. The two two boards don't matter. Even if you pay three to remove, like I said, the Black Steel Colossus Eye, the Vorn Clixes of the world, you get your value back just as efficiently as you would with like most removals and other decks. So I love this card, and it's fantastic on the budget. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the hop section. Now we're gonna head over to the very loose yeast section. Loose yeast. We have the fourth it's... member of the crew. Oh, oh Mr. Bob's I was so confused. coming in to say hi. Look at you. Uh, still got I the thought tone. you said he wouldn't come out from under the bed. He, he must have heard. He must have heard your guy's voice through the interwebs. He's like, I got to take a shit. <laughs> I think he's actually very. I, I think he's actually very hungry. So <laughs> no, no, he's, he's hanging out. He's just he's just chilling. All right, so you got to milk this while he's chilling. Just gotta let him get used to the space. Yeah. Don't feed him yet. Just give him some time. He's good. All right, for my first yeast card, I'm talking about, and there's only nine options, guys, so I'm guaranteeing Tuck and I are going to cross swords on one of these. As long as you don't cross streams, everything's good. Uh, So I'm talking about one of the few equipments I have in the deck that matters about how many cards I have in hand. So we're talking about Imperial Plate. Uh, Two colorless artifact equipment. It's a rare for 48 cents. Uh, Equip two. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each card in your hand. And there is, unfortunately, flavor text. Damn it! (laughs) You got the easy one. Samuel L. Jackson? (laughs) No! Hildor, a.k.a. Hodor. (laughs) Hodor, Hodor. Hodor. I get all the hard ones, and you always get these layups. <laughs> so I, I purely have this in the deck, and the reason it's in a yeast is, in theory, I should be drawing enough cards to have a full grip at any point in the game. In theory. Doesn't say it works out in practice, but in theory. Uh, and yes, I'm normally not ever attacking, but my commander is a 4-4. And if I do have right. a full grip, that's 11. And it's flying, so it does have a sort of evasion. Two hits, you're dead. 
So yeah. it does actually give me an avenue through command damage to end the game potentially. Um, I wish, I wish it was three mana so that way Trophy Mage could go get it because that mm -hmm. would just be money, but don't quite live in that magical Christmas land, but it is still a very good card for this deck. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the set that when I saw this played was in, someone played the um, out of the box uh, Kyranos and Tarot deck and they wrecked with this card. They like turned them into a Voltron. And I think even then, if you, why I like this card in this deck is that even if you get it, if you even if you only consistently have three cards in your hand, that's a three turn clock for anybody, right? Yeah. Then you like when you go in for Niv, you can tap him after after attacker. Oh, I guess you can't really do that. No, you don't have visuals in this deck. But anyway, like you can still you'll still be able to like always have three cards in your hand at least, right? So that's why I like it. Um, it it's. It kind of gives you that avenue to actually win with your commander. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a good inclusion. I think it's an interesting equipment, especially for the 48 cents that's going to cost you in the deck. Well worth the slot. All right, Tuck. Well, what is your first yeast? Okay, so this is one of the more expensive ones, I think, any way you cut it. But the reason why it's important is because it gives us one of our two favorite creature types. And it makes them perfect. I hate you. I just because Docent of Perfection knows exactly what we're trying to do in this deck. Three colorless and two white for a or white cheese. Three colorless and two blue for a creature insect horror. A five four flyer, which is nothing to snuff at there. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a 1-1 blue human wizard Harry creature token onto the battlefield. Then if you control three or more wizard Harrys, transform Docent of, of Perfection. And I'm only reading the front. I don't even care if there's things on the back. It's being read by Niv Mizzet himself, the ghoul man. Uh, oh, wait, lost it. The time has come for him to share his findings. I, I just um, thought of this, and before I forget, one of our accents needs to be Harry Potter. He doesn't have an accent. Yeah, I was gonna say, "Oi, mate! Quit giving me, quit eating my chocolate." No, now you, now you just sound like Hagrid. <laughs> I, I think dude, I made I should, my I point. Would, he does have an accent because you said I would his destroy Hagrid rough. cosplay. Um, but it does flip over to final iteration. So it's a creature Eldrazi insect that's a six-five flyer. Wizards Harry's you have controls get plus two, plus one, and half flying. Whenever you cast an insert sorcerer spell, put a one-one blue human wizard Harry creature token onto the battlefield. So again, not only I think like again, you're gonna be casting a lot of these spells, so this turns all your late game brainstorms, ops, and those sort of things into like actual threats, but it also has the weird side effect of your commander is in fact a wizard Harry. So once you flip it over, it becomes even more powerful to attack oh. into, <laughs> as well as giving you your base things. But I think this dose set is pretty much, I'm not sure what the normal value it is. The foil version you have is 263, which I'm guessing the normal one's like a buck or two tops. Um, it just seems like it does a lot for a creature that also has a pretty decent attack ratio to it as well. Yeah, you know, I, I mainly have it in here because I do have, uh, uh, what is that, 29 instants and sorceries mm -hmm. in the deck. So, in theory, uh, you know, granted, EDH, usually you never see cards that you ever want to see. Uh, but right. in theory, if I ever get to play him, I should be able to get at least five or six tokens out of it. Uh, I won't right. say what the tokens are because I don't want to have to do the stupid bit. So, uh, you know, getting five <laughs> or six tokens... Harry's? Out of a five mana, and he's a five four. That's a pretty decent rate. Uh, you know, that's kind of like 
you look at Avenger or Zendikar, okay, it costs what seven to play? Yeah, one million dollar, one million mana. Yeah, yeah. So it costs seven, and then you get seven plants. Well, that was a fair return, even if you don't even get to play a land and buff them. Same thing for this. If I could do it for five, and if I can at least do five instances and sorceries, I don't even care if it gets to flip. I still got the value out of it. So right. great card, uh, and I literally never thought of because I've never flipped it. The backside <laughs> and it giving Niv that plus two plus one buff—that's pretty gross. Never flipped. All right. Well, the next one I'm going to talk about is one of my few planeswalkers. Once again, uh, we're talking about Grandma herself, Jaya Venerated Fire Mage. See, it's like Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. See what I did there? Ooh, okay, I do. Yeah, I'm picking it up. Okay, I'm here for uh, it. So that's four colorless red, legendary planeswalker Jaya, or Haya, when she went on her retreat. Uh, she's an uncommon planeswalker from war, 26 cents, uh, five loyalty, activated ability, lose two loyalty. Uh, Yaya, venerated fire mage, deals two damage to any target. And then the static ability is really why this is in the yeast. If another red source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals that much damage plus one to that permanent or player instead. Well, my commander is red, so basically as I draw cards, he now is pinging for two. Right. That goes a long way considering if I go off just the basic math, there's 120 life I have to drain. I only have 90 three cards in my deck when the game starts, I can't single ping everyone to death because I'll run out of cards before I can even do that, assuming they lose no life. So at least this gets to double it up. It gets to take out maybe more problematic, you know, those drakes, things like mm -hmm. that. Um, and if I can't get this to work, then I'm kind of missing what the deck is supposed to do because Niv needs to be on the battlefield. I need to be drawing yeah. cards. And if she's out there, we're now just getting extra value. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think she's a really good um, budget inclusion, right? Over the course of time, she could deal six damage to a player, which might be just enough to put it over. The three damage that she's going to be dealing to any creature or anything along those lines. Oh, it's another. Never mind. So the two damage that she could be dealing to a creature or a Planeswalker or anything could suffer from ultimating. Um, it is a shame that, unfortunately, you only get to do that twice. But again, for the budget, for what you're trying to do in this deck, I think it is a pretty solid inclusion, especially for a quarter. All right. Well, Tuck, what is your second one? Okay. I think this is the only one we might match up on. But... This deck has a certain... way of dealing with people. And it could be summed up in a single word adjective. Which also is a complete pose in this deck because this deck does happen to have quite a bit of guile behind it oh i did not know where you were going with that. yeah, it's, it's pretty sloppy but guile is three colorless and triple blue for a creature elemental incarnation it's a six six so it's got a lot into it so it cannot be blocked by except by three or more creatures uh, more importantly, if a spell or ability you control would counter a spell and spell instead remove that spell from the game and you may play that card without paying its mana cost. When it's put into a graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it into its owner's library. So this card does do the monster mash, if you will, yep. just in case you're, getting, you're playing against someone with mill. The first line of text is fine-ish, like you, you can't, someone can't just like soak up a bunch of tokens, I suppose. 
Um, but I think the real key thing is the middle one, right? Like you do yeah. run a fair amount of art of counter spells and all sorts of rivals and mana costs. So there's a it, it it's not beyond reason that you can play this card, and then by the next turn or even the turn that you play it, depending on the stage of the game, you're immediately going to be able to get that, right? And I think this also kind of is a opponent mobile card that we like in the sense that once this is out, people are gonna start thinking about what sort of spells they're playing versus what sort of mana you have open, right? They might have their big bomb game winner spell, but since you have this and two mana open or four mana open or whatever, they're really gonna have to make their decision. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a little top heavy, um, but I think in this deck, especially for the price, especially for the kind of draw go that we're looking at this deck this card does a ton of ton of work yeah for 91 cents it does a lot and i'll be honest i actually put it in here for the can't be blocked except by three or more creatures because oh. <laughs> uh, it was like i kind of need to beat face when i can yeah. uh, the middle section is good um the issue is going to be is i do have like void chatter um and right, you know, yeah. we talked about it earlier devious cover-up and you wouldn't get to cast it i believe with that effect because the counter spell would have to resolve and part of its resolution is exiling the spell and so you know if it would counter a spell instead remove that spell from the, so i don't know how that would work that kind of gets confusing oh. rule lawyer wise uh um but yeah i was just gonna say wait a minute like uh, i don't know because it's like if it says if it would counter a spell so does that mean your spell even your counter even has to resolve or just if it would counter it just exile it from the game instead like that because so, to okay, me I'm, it would have I'm to resolve ambiguous yeah i'm reading here guile's second ability replaces counter a spell with exile a spell and you make you may cast it without playing its mana cost but what so if I that spell has other text like your counter spell right because then it would just say exile target spell if that spell is exiled this way exile instead of putting in its owner's graveyard i don't i don't really know how that works yeah a spell because it says a spell exiled as well and it was never actually countered but okay so with your um with the void shatter that all is happening on the same thing right so oh, there's a period on that, but yeah on that same, same block on that same block right so the way i read it is that it will get exiled and be able to be cast by God because it replaces that ability with that. Again, I'm not a lawyer. Well, None of us are here. That way, very cool. But yeah, when you have a budget deck where all you're trying to do is draw a bajillion cards to essentially do nothing with it, you kind of sometimes need a six six that can't be blocked. Yeah, they could just punch triple <laughs> uh, at minimum. So, all right, we're on to thy last card for me. I'm gonna get psychic in your head. Yeah, we are. <laughs> on a three, two, one. Psychic, psychic corrosion. Uh, two colorless blue enchantment. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. It's from M19. It's an uncommon for three dollars. You get the flavor text. Oh damn Whoa. it! Uh, okay, this actually is one. I have to look this up. Oh, interesting. Okay, we do not have a Jace yet that you have. Wow. That you have uh, give it to. Shocking, right? So instead, this is going to be read by Nicola Bolas, which also, in some world, probably also sounds like Jace. Uh, to break another's mind is to deliver a fate worse than death. It is a terrifying power. So, once again, this is another way to win the game. 
outside of your you know having the jaya with your double damage to machine gun stuff down or hopefully be able to get past because someone only has two blockers with your triple guile um if i'm drawing a card and each guy each person's milling two cards that's gonna add up a lot because it's not out of the realm for me to draw four cards in a turn maybe five right. that's eight to ten cards you're on a very quick clock at that point i'm not i'm gonna go out on a limb here i think this is the best card in the deck i think oh, it's yeah. the one that i think it's the one that gets the most value i think it's the one that gets you the most interaction with your opponents i think it's a card that has the biggest chance of like doing the most damage in the game for its mana cost I think it's great and the fact i think it also shows it because it's a three dollar card so this is eating up like what three four five card slots in the deck just by itself yeah i mean it's that card alone as long as there isn't a cheaper version that's almost 10 percent of my deck right <laughs> so but that's what i'm saying like i think it's it's not as modal as like it can fit into every single category but it's certainly a hop certainly yeast and fits into the theme of the deck as well. So this is like an immediate inclusion if you're trying to build one of these budget draw spells. I'm really Decks. surprised you didn't talk about the partners. I'm very shocked. I, I thought about it, but it's like... I think... I know why they're in here and it's cute and I like it because I like that mechanic. But I think if it would be... I think if, if they were the commanders, they would be more interesting. Well, it's just, and the guys were basically just talking about Okun and Zender Split. Yeah. Zender Split's in here because it you draw cards. Draw your cards so it does yeah. literally what you want. And like, if you're going to have Zender Split, why wouldn't you why have Okun? Because yeah. uh, that's a free tutor, and that's another beat face like Guile. Uh, and that gives Zender Split additional coin flips for additional cards. Right. So that, that was kind of the thought. But no, I like, no, don't get me wrong. I like it. I'm here for it 100%. But I was like, I don't want to have to talk about both of them because you definitely have to. <laughs> So um, we're going to wrap up the yeast section and move over to the spice package. And Tuck, why don't you start us off? Well, I'm going to talk about a card a from the, the trashiest set that's ever been printed, as we have agreed upon over and over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> we looks, are. It looks like we are. Three, two, one. Gadwick the, the Wizened. X, triple blue, for legendary creature, human, wizard, Harry. Uh, it's a rare from Throne of Eldraine. It's a 3-3. When it enters the battlefield, draw its cards. Whenever you cast a blue spell, tap target non-land permanent uh, opponent controls. And take it to the wheel. Sorcerer Supreme, a.k.a. Tamiyo. Oh, gosh. His name is spoken only in whispers. But he hears just the same. <laughs> I, yeah, it's your poor man's. Uh, it's your poor man's blue sun zenith. Um, I'm sure. I assume that's one of the reasons why it's in the deck. But I don't want to overlook the second ability as well, right? Because you're gonna have you have a lot of these cantrips. You have a lot of these like low cost spells. So at least you're getting something out of those spells on top of just drawing a card or scrying or whatever. Um, you do have most of the things that we're looking at here, minus a few removal spells, are in blue. So you're gonna be able to get that over and over and over again. Uh, just again. For 83 cents, you get a body, you get draw, what more do you want? Yeah, that that's why it's a spice and not a grain. It's because the triple blue X, like that's just a lot of mana to invest just to draw some cards. And I get yeah. it, that's what my deck's trying to do, but I don't have a way to make infinite mana and draw out my deck or 
probably even have 15 mana available to, to draw 12 <laughs> cards. It's, it's right. going to be more along the lines of I can draw five or six, maybe. Um, but this is a budget Blue Sun Zenith. So I went with it. Um, and yeah, whenever you cast a blue spell tap, that's it's fine. And, and maybe that helps me a little bit later. Um, you know, it's funny. A lot of the looting cards are all red. So I, I'm not going to get triggers off of that. But to Tuck's right. point, 65% of my deck is at least has blue symbols in their uh, CMC. So I should at least get a good one every other spell, uh, you know, ability with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, now we're going to move over to the spice package. And as a reminder, there's going to be big text nice cuts and ads to the deck that are going to all probably be under $5 since it is budget month. I think I only have one that's over a dollar. So uh, I don't know if any of mine are. <laughs> so before we go into this, I was going to I had I did have a bit where I was going to transform this into that new dragons uh, sorcery spell. And the bit was you have to the card itself is only two dollars. But you have to spend sixty dollars to get thirty copies in it, thus doubling the price of your deck. But we're oh not doing gosh. that. All right. Well, the card I'm actually going to cut because I think it's a it's slow, and b your opponents don't have to give it back to you. It's one of Mikel's favorite cards, Humble Defector. I think I'm going to cut that bad boy. So yep. that's a colorless red creature human rogue uncommon. It's a two one and it has an activated ability and it costs 15 cents. The ability is draw two cards, which is great, but then target opponent gains control of humble defector. Activate this ability only during your turn. So it does prevent people from getting the humble defector and then doing the block tap and ha ha ha. Um, you know, I get to prevent the damage and I drew cards, but I'm thinking since I'm in a card draw deck, Unless people really take pity on me, they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, Niv Mizzet's just shooting down stuff," or you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna kill me. But it is getting annoying because these other players are actually getting closer to killing me. I'll just give it to someone else. Like I, I don't want to give it to him, or I'll just keep it and block with it, and it'll die. I think the downsides are way too far for the potential upside of every other turn, or maybe even every turn, getting Humble Defector to be able to tap and draw two cards. Yeah, I agree with that. And and if you had more, it's, it'd be one thing if this was like a Boros deck and you don't have that many draw options, but the fact sure. it isn't, you have blue, there's just a myriad of draw spells that can slot into this. So yeah, I think that tracks. Well, and I actually thought there'd be a better card to play than this. It actually just came out in Kaldheim. It's coming in at a cool 18 cents, and it is a foretell card. So we're talking about Behold the Multiverse. That is, its normal cost is three colorless blue, instant, scry two, then draw two cards. Or you Mm. can foretell it for a colorless and a blue, and then cast it later for two colorless. um, Or no, sorry. Let's take that back. You can foretell it from your hand for two colorless, and then later at the game, you could cast it for a colorless and a blue, and still get the effect. So it allows me, I kind of talked about that with Star Compass. It gives you something to do on turn two. This gives me something to do on turn two if I don't have a mana rock. Okay, well, I'll just foretell this thing. And then at any point later in the game, I'll just play it for the blue uh, and the colorless and be able to scry two, draw two. And maybe that's just the extra ammunition I needed. But that's usually my big negative with card draws is they just sit in your hand and tell you, 
use them. And it's just like, God, you're a waste of space. You are not going to impact the board any way, shape or form. You're only right. impacting my hand. This at least says, you know what? I'll throw you out there into the multiverse. And when I'm ready, I will call you down. Exactly. And I think like it was really hard. I tried not to do this, but especially in like in the last two sets, I feel like there's a lot of um, cheap commons and uncommons that are like functionally better versions of other cards or interesting ones. So I really only did one of those. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think these, I think Portel is great. I think you're going to have stuff to do with it. I'm slam dunk, my opinion. All right. Well, Tuck, what are you going to cut and what are you going to add? So as I made mention of, I'm going to cut universal solvent. So I agree that there are, there's a lot of utility in this thing. It's that rattlesnake card. But for me, the thing I don't like about it is that there's no way to recur it. Even if you, even though you don't have that much recurl, which we'll get to. Um, but like, I think that we can do better. We can do better than in a deck that cares more about instants and sorceries rather than artifacts and other permanents. So I'm actually going to cut it for a brand new card that's hot off the presses that you and I are extraordinarily keen on, and the other idiots in the Kansas City Magic group evidently aren't. Introduction to Annihilation. So five colorless for a sorcery lesson, exile target non-land permanent, its controller draws a card. We have an accent, but luckily it's not one that I have to come up with. <laughs> uh, and it's from, oh, oh. The gods smile upon Big Tuck, finally. Pika Pika! Pika Pika Pika! Pika 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 Pika! Pika! So for me, the thing why I like this more than Universal Solvent is sure it's not like a return one play and like an opponent gets a draw card, but as we discussed, like that seems to be like small potatoes. The fact that it exiles something as opposed to destroy, sure it's a non-permanent, it's a non-land permanent, but if you wanted to get more lands in there, there's plenty of other budget lands you can put in that can destroy other lands. Um, and the main key why I like it more than Universal Solvent is the fact that it is a sorcery. So it'll trigger your Docent of Professions. It'll trigger your Mermaid and Mystics. It'll trigger all these other things that we have that you don't necessarily have. Or it'll trigger all these other things that Universal Solvent wouldn't um, on top of it being two mana less investment to do what I would consider a better effect than Solvent itself. Yeah, and I mean, look, for 10 cents, it's not a bad card. I don't like it to replace Solvent purely because it is at sorcery speed. Solvent I can do whenever I want once it's out there. So it is a true rattlesnake and it's non-land permanent. Lands are an issue. And we always talk about like, uh, I don't want to be that guy, but it'd be great to run a strip mine in every deck because there's always some land that, you know, you're, uh, uh, oh, of course I'm drawing a blank. The glacial chasm. No, the one that is, is it chasm? Uh, the one that Squee hates with a burning oh, wrath. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. yeah. So, you know, sometimes you need ways to get rid of that kind of stuff. Um, now, would I say maybe I cut something else for this card? Sure. But I right. like being able, you, you always kind of, I mean, your thing with shenanigans is, well, it's at sorcery speed. So it's not, you know, it's not as good as the other ones. Uh, but, you know, here are the things that it can do. Right. That's the thing. You're getting instant speed with this other thing. And so I'm going to take an instant speed card and now go to a sorcery speed card just because it could trigger only two things I have in my deck. Sure, but it also exiles, doesn't destroy. And in my opinion, personally, the land thing can be solved by cards like Field of Ruin that are also lands that you could just cut like a basic. Uh, it's only 50 cents. Okay. Right. All right. Well, 
now we're on to the big dollars yeah by big dollars i mean not so big dollars uh and bucks, tuck yeah. already preemptively uh preordained this and knows exactly the next two cards i'm gonna be talking about oh you're doing so it both or yep yeah, uh because i need ways to win uh yeah, so i'm gonna cut Raul collar of storms it's fine but it's a four colorless is it white or four colorless is it blue red legendary planeswalker Ral. it's a mythic uh four loyalty uh it's a dollar 64 for the foil copy that i have um and it has three abilities plus one draw card which is what i want to do which is good minus two Ral can deal three damage divided as you choose among one two or three targets i could care less um and then <laughs> minus seven draw seven it deals seven damage to each creature your opponent's control yeah that'd be great if i could ever get to seven i doubt yeah. that'll ever happen in this deck yeah no shot uh, so i just think for six mana the the floor is very very low and I honestly think the ceiling is probably still a little shorter than what I am because it's just, I don't think I'm ever going to, you have to have for this deck, you have to have it in there for the plus one and the minus seven. And if you're not yep. getting to the minus seven, who the hell cares about the plus one for six mana? Cause there's other cards. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Um, I think it's cute. I think it's fun that you like try to put as many planeswalkers as you could in. I agree with the reasons why you're cutting it and for the cards you're cutting it for. Now may I wager a guess? I think the first one is going to be Curiosity. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Uh, we have a winner. Yay. What did you win? Infinite Woo. combo. Uh, so uh, this is Curiosity. It's a single blue enchantment aura. It's an uncommon for 30 cents. Uh, and it has uh, enchant creature. Whenever enchanted creature deals combat damage to an opponent, you may draw a card. Uh, and my commander, when he deals damage to people or... Whenever he draws a card, whenever I draw a card, he deals a damage. And then whenever I deal the damage, I draw a card. And then it just basically goes on forever. But here's the thing that should make people feel good. It's not truly infinite. Because I will right. deck myself before yeah, exactly. I kill everyone. So it's it's really just a way, you know, if I have Jaya out there, okay, now I'm dealing two. That's a little bit more reasonable. Mm -hmm. We have a path to victory. Um, yeah. Or There is some more text that you need to read. Or by you, I mean... Liliana Angelina Jolie from Beowulf. I don't know what that is. She's like this Born the sexy Angelina girl Jolie in every movie. I I I can't even tell you what Angelina Jolie talks about. So I'm gonna get here. How about this? Every time I get that Angelina until I see Beowulf and I actually know what the hell you guys are talking about, I'm gonna go with as bored as I can because you guys keep oh, wait, saying this she's one has bored. the like. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a snake. It's a sexy snake. Oh, Miri, what is, uh, was yeah, dressed, but she couldn't ignore a nagging suspicion. Yes. I fucking hate this. As she followed Krovax's <laughs> skulking form. Uh, I don't want to hear it. I have to do that Dumbo one every single time. And that, 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 that one's super sucks. easy. It's high pitch and sound confused. You guys have yet to actually be able to tell me what this sounds like. You can just keep saying Angelina Jolie bored. That's no, not it's a, no, no, no. It's not bored. It's just a sexy. For the record, I also theater. have not seen the movie. I do not know what it actually sounds like. I'm just he, throwing out swords he here. The both of you. So anyways, um, the other card we didn't talk about in the spice package is Laboratory Maniac. So ideally, you would have this and Lab Man out so you could just win like every other boring Lab Man win. But I need ways to win on a budget. Yeah. And this and its 
cohort that we'll get to in a little bit both do that for me um, and I actually have the other card it's in my CEDH deck so I'll just rip, rip it out of there and throw it into here super easy um, I know it's boring Tuck but the risk of that most likely I'll just deck myself because there's only two cards in the deck right. that can help me win ooh Imperial Plate oh that'd be pretty fun then that could just one shot people Mm -hmm. All right, all right. So there's a few avenues that this actually helps me with. But Tuck, what do you I'm, think? I, I was surprised they didn't have them in there because I think one thing that, and I'm guilty of this as well in my budget deck that we'll talk about whatever, that like the easiest way to win is like there are ways to do infinite combos in these decks, right? Like there's, in this one, you have no way to tutor for it. It's counting on your commander being out at six mana that's ever been killed. And effectively, like... It doesn't give it protection or anything. So I think in this build, it's totally fair. You have to draw into it, you have to find it, and you, people can see it coming a million miles away, right? I think where I get more frustrated with this particular combo is when someone's like, I'm building a deck that its end goal is exactly this, and every yeah. single card in there is going towards it, which in this deck is decidedly not. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But uh, granted, you could say that every deck in this deck is geared for this card because almost all the cards in this deck draw cards. It's sort of. It's some <laughs> shape, I guess. Loosely. Yeah. All right. Well, Tuck, what are you going to do for your next cut and add? So I'm actually going to cut Last Thoughts. So it's three colorless and a blue for sorcery draw card with Cypher. Um, when you cast this card, you may exile this spell and code it on a creature you control. Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, its controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. It's fine, and eventually you're gonna get Nimbus in the red zone. Where I get like flummoxed with this card is like it's combat damage, so at most you're gonna draw an additional card off it. Um, so for me, I, I don't know, it just seems like it. I think that there's better draw in the deck, and there's more utility cards you can have that don't cost that much more. Yeah, I agree, and actually this will be my personal recommendation cut as well, so I'll get my oh, commentary okay. out of the way for it. Uh, the, the reason I was cutting is actually the opposite of what you said, Tuck. I'm never getting in the red zone with Niv-Mizzet. The only right. way I'm doing that is with Imperial Plate. Like, there's zero reason to risk the whole way my deck works right. by some combat trick in the red zone, getting exiled, aetherized, whatever it is. I completely agree. So, you know, w without other ways to get in the red zone now if cypher said that i could just deal damage and do it well then of course it would stay in here but it would also right. probably not be a nine cent card it'd probably be a dollar to two dollar card uh right. so yeah uh definitely i think it was probably just chaff and i was like ah it says just draw just had a line around yeah we'll figure it out so i'm gonna cut it because you don't have you you have that i can tell besides like maybe a flashback card or two very little graveyard recursion for your very powerful instance of sorceries so for me, I'm so glad because I think this card used to be a little bit more expensive, but I think Volcanic Vision can be very good in a deck like this. Uh -huh. So five colorless red red for sorcery. Return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Volcanic Vision deals damage equal to that card's mana value to each creature your opponents control. Exile Volcanic Vision. Board Sweeper, get a big draw spell back, get one of your removal spells back. Even if you do something where it's like Polymorphers Jest or something like those line that's only three mana, that completely hoses all token decks, will set them back to the red zone, or set them back to the Stone Age. I've, I have run this card in a lot of decks, and every single time I cast it, it's a complete game warper. So again, you have a budget deck, your CMC is going to be a little bit higher on all of your instances and sorceries. Imagine getting back like a treasure cruise off of this, dealing seven to everything, maybe a little bit more depending on some other cards that you have out. Seems like a pretty easy recursion in this deck. 
Yeah, you know, that seems, uh, that seems all right. Uh, and just for correction, Tuck, it is eight mana for Treasure Cruise. So that's eight damage to there everything. You go. Uh, but no, Volcanic Visions, that's a, that's a fine card. It's, I usually don't like to run that in decks that don't have impactful sorceries and instants in the graveyard. So that's where I'm going to struggle with that is do I, you know, am I trying to put in a curiosity effect or a maybe board sweeper or maybe it's only dealing three damage to everything and that still left all the problematic stuff. So that's the thing that I've always struggled with because Volcanic Visions, I think I only run it in one deck and that's my flashback deck, obviously for those reasons. Right. Uh, but also in that deck, I mean, most of my instants and sorceries are that six, seven mana Cop, stuff. So an arm leg, always yeah. a board wipe. And here, I think it could be a sweeper for tokens, but I mean, I guess if I'm sitting at a budget table, I don't know. It could do a lot. I'm just gonna have to see this at a budget game to actually see what other budget decks look like. Sure, like I said yeah. at the beginning, every deck I've played has not been a budget deck, and I've tried my tried my damnedest. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, like I said, I was gonna cut last thoughts, and uh, and our next winner is. What is it? Affidian Eyes. There we go. So Affidian Eye is two colorless blue enchantment aura. It has flash enchant creature. Whenever enchanted creature deals combat damage to an opponent, you may draw a card and it's coming in just a little under $2. So same thing as curiosity. It does have flash though. So that is nice. Just in case it's like I'm waiting for everyone to tap yeah. out, flash it in for three mana. Um, and you know, then I in theory can't be stopped. So uh, I really like it. I, I think it's good. And it just came under because I, I think I had texted Tuck, you know, we got to keep the average cost of the deck still below that 78 cents. Um, and so I was like, okay, I think I could swap out and put in a $2 card and I should be all right. But right. I know it's boring, but I think that's actually what this deck needs at this point. It needs some boring ways to win because I've done all the flavor already in it. It needs. Uh, let me let me redact that statement. It needs ways to win, boring or otherwise. Right? <laughs> so yeah, I think it, like I have the same comments with this with curiosity. Like again, you can't tutor it. You have to draw to it. It doesn't necessarily win you the game on the spot, especially if it's like later in the game. You could deck yourself. Um, so yeah. So like I said, I, this deck needs a way to compete. It needs a way to win. And I think putting in these two cards is going to make it easier for you to be in a table with non-budget deck. Yep, yep, for sure. All right, Tuck, round it out. What's your last card? The uh, This one for me is pretty straightforward, so I'm actually gonna cut uh, Yaya, Jaya, Venerated Fire Mage, just because... What? We can my, do better. It's my double damager. Oh no, we got one better for you, Ombre. That went way uh, down in price, or else I wouldn't be able to do it. Are you talking um, about Jessica? So, no, oh, that would be awesome. Oh, Jessica would be great. No, I, this one's even more basic. Um, so yeah, again... Basic. I don't like her just because like she can't attack, she can't block. I mean, she shorter can when people just like bash into her, but it's a fine card. But what I think would be even better is one of our favorite boys from the set that we were still 100% on that is so good at all these decks, Roll Pal Torbrand, that's finally under a dollar. What? Yeah, that's what, right? He's 90, you can get him for 57 cents according to according to Scryfall. So Torbrand Thane of Redfell is a colorless yes, no and triple red. no one caught on that this card is disgusting? 
I guess not. Legendary creature, Dwarf Noble. If a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus two instead. Um, and this is by well, uh, very fitting for the last for the last card of the game. A dwarf's motherfucking rage. Sorry, a dwarf's motherfucking grudge runs deeper than the mountain's motherfucking roots. So for me, I if maybe I'm just crazy. I've never seen a game where Torbrin comes down and it doesn't completely warp it. Yep, everything it deals twice as much damage as Chaya, and three compared to two to me is well worth it. It's an amazing blocker. It can get you the red zone if you need to. What's not to like? Yeah, you know, let's just add more triple pips into the deck. Why not? Hey, that's why, you got, that's why you got your, uh, that's why you got your Ash Barons. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Um, once again, though, I'll probably find something else to cut because just, I, I, you know, like I'd probably cut like a Serum Visions. I have yeah, enough that, of that kind of crap and Serum Visions honestly yeah. isn't even that good of a card. And I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I, cause I think what I'm starting to see here is I need two ways to kind of do my things. And it almost makes me want to find a second way to kind of do a second corrosion effect through card draw right. or something. Yeah. And then that way it's like, oh, we got rid of his one damage doubler through Jaya or Jaya. And then it's, oh, Torbrand's out. Ah, oh, shit. Well, let's get rid of that. Then it's like, okay, well, I'll mill you out with psychic corrosion. Ah, oh, we exactly. gotta use enchantment removal. Well, I'll now do this one. And it's that, it's that persistence. And I think that's why, you know, we had, uh, kind of threw this out to our play group and i think sir nathan marketing ross and maybe the goad did this i don't know if duff or either of you two did but i kind of did like a budget challenge thing when, when i had kind of made mine and um sir nathan ended up building the uh rakdos uh World Gorger Dragon combo. Yeah, right? combo. But he's able to do it on a budget, but that deck's very resilient. You get mm -hmm. rid of his commander, it comes back out. Anji Falconrath, that was just eluding me. Um, yeah. and, and and that's where I've been able to see, like, oh, his deck is budget, but it's very resilient. And that makes it be able to at least hang at a decent table. And I think that's something I would like to get this deck to be, is I yeah. want it to be budget to be able to hang with a pre-con, but I wouldn't mind it being able to go up against like, uh, you know, Squee McGee's uh, rogue deck before, you know, he loaded in Force of Wills and all that kind of nonsense in there. No, it's uh, gotten, so, it's, it, well, Force of Wills out, but the rogue deck is much worse. The record. It's like Force of Will's out, Black Lotus is in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so much. Force of Will, Mana Drains, yeah. Tutors, all of them, yeah. So, I, you know, I think I would like to get it, the deck to that point where I can be a little bit more persistent with mm -hmm. what my opponents are doing. But, alas, I'm at the end of this segment. And here's some details about that new giveaway from our sponsor, Level One. We're giving away a Commander 21 mystery deck, and starting Ooh. next week, we'll start doing little hints of what that deck will be, and maybe it'll be flavor text, and you'll have to scour the box to see what it is. Uh, maybe it'll be a single color from the color identity. Who knows? But we will announce it at the very end of the month. Plus, you get a pair, uh, get a pair with our CMD Tower playmat and Hunter Pack sleeves, which you can sleeve that brand new deck in. 
To enter, it's super simple. Just promote the content we produce. You get an entry for every interaction you do with on social media and being a patron. Uh, We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News June 1st and social media soon after. And yes, these giveaways happen every month. Just support Level 1 and CMD Tower. But we would love a five-star review. We would love some friendly comments. We would love for you to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, to us on podcasts, to our Twitter accounts. Uh, just, you know, follow us so you can learn more about what's going on in the CMD Tower life. And if you become a patron, you become into the Discord, which uh, I have been very terrible at. But luckily, my cohorts have been very solid at uh, commenting in there. So way to go, guys. But if you would like to reach out to us in the interwebs and find out more ways to enter in the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Commodore 5 on Twitter. I'll spell out except for the five. Big Tuck. Did you finally download Twitter on your phone for your bathroom time? Uh, I'm getting there. I'm almost. Um, this. Uh, so I'm. At, I am on at Big Tuck tweeting on Twitter, and I believe I set a new record to having five interactions with that app this week. Oh, so you do have the app? <laughs> I have the app. I don't want to get into it. So yes, I'm still on there, and yes, I'm trying to be better at it. <laughs> Past turn. Uh, you could reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we also have a website where the deck listed will be posted, cmdtower.com slash bnbe89. Basically, just type in counterspell misdirection desperate ravings tower.com. Squee McGee, if people want to get a hold of your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? It's Dear Squee at cmdtower.com. And he does uh, have a full studio if you're ever in the Kansas City metro area and can't handle your audio needs. So uh, hit him up for some recording sessions. He's apparently booking up fast. Oh, He's like Pharrell. He's now, in the if, I remember, if I remember correctly, Squee, you made mention that masks are now optional. Banana hammocks required, correct? Banana hammocks have always been required. Uh, you could call it a banana mask. Oh, that was... That was, Could that you? Was Can you? Is that legal? I don't know. It's up in the air. Right. It's up in the air. You know, we, well, we're, we're, we're creative we're, here. It's a creative studio. We'll come up with new things. We're going to cut that cord. Uh, <laughs> and if you guys want to actually support our sponsor that does these monthly giveaways, just head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower. So then it came from The Collective. Um, and of course, outside of their own storefront, they do have a TCG store, so you can kind of purchase however you want to. But like I said at the beginning, guys, they have play mats. They have everything you need from a tabletop perspective. If you like board games, I know that's something a lot of people have gotten into during the pandemic. They have a wide variety of board games. And keep listening to Brews and Builds because we will announce that takeover. And hopefully some of our patrons and listeners that are, you know, within a reasonable distance of the Kansas City metro area will be able to come and jam some games. My man. You could help us out financially, though, uh, to head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have all those different tiers. Um, and, you know, just seriously, a buck a month gets you into the Discord, gets you into the Quarantine Battlegrounds. And you can chat with other content creators that have guested on our show. You can at them whenever you want. Um, you know, harass uh, Ultra Budget Brews. He loves it. He just yeah. loves being pinged, uh, asking, uh, you know, why doesn't he put Soul Ring in his budget decks? It just makes him feel great. <laughs> great question. Uh, and of course, you get additional entries uh, and they grow uh, depending on which tier you join. 
We do have a referral program. So if you are an existing patron uh, and you have a friend or LGS colleague that you would like to refer to the community, you will actually get some free swag. Just whenever they sign up on Patreon, have them message the main account and say, hey, I just signed up. Here's the person that referred me and boom, we're gonna send you some free shit. Isn't that nice? Uh, and of course, if you guys can't help out from a monthly perspective, but you would like to get some of that shit, uh, then you're more than welcome to head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do sell our play mats, our mat sleeves, our squeebie coin, and of course the Monarch and Reminder token featuring myself and Big Tuck. But hey, if you guys can't afford anything, just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction does help. And hey, Pink Royal, thank you for the music and tea coats. You do a killer job with the editing. I don't even need to see it right now. I'm recording this in the past and you're doing it in the future and I'm sure mm -hmm. it's great. Oh, it's wonderful. So Big Tuck, Niv Mizzet's budget constraint. We kicked off budget month. How do you think it went? And do you, are you concerned about the thrill of possibilities that could come from this month's theme? Tied it um, all together. Very nice. No, I, I, I think, I think what you have here is good. And I think the most, if you could take away anything from this episode, I would say your point of like the need for building in redundancy to win, that is what's going to make this a deck that you could bring out to like pre-cons and those sort of things. Right. I think you, I think during the course of this episode, we did a really good job of identifying, like, these are sort of like the lines of play through it and being able to add a card here, take out a card there that'll help you be able to do that more consistently. I think, I think we, I think that was like the biggest takeaway that I had from this episode of thinking through those lines of winning. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's complete oversight, not having curiosity in here to begin with. I don't, don't know how I, I was shocked. Mr. Kamo, I'm not gonna lie to you. I reread. This is another one of the ones where I reread the deck list, like sorted, sorted by card type, sorted by name, sorted by everything. And I was like, "There's not one of these. This is crazy." Yeah, um, but you know, I think that just goes to show, you know, you could sit down with your bulk binder or your bulk boxes, not binders, um, and even your rare binders, and be able to build a deck and still like be missing stuff but still have it be kind of functional um mm -hmm. so I, I you know i think it taught me that i think it also with the common uncommon count that was very eye-opening when you look at it what you i don't even consider my selenia deck a expensive expensive deck i feel like it's a it's it's a nice deck but it's you know not those super blinged out decks by yeah. any means um and that thing had 51 rares and mythics where this deck had like 11. So I think that just goes to show if you guys are trying to build on a budget you're, or you're trying to lower power your decks, lean more to that bulk box. Go to your commons, go to your uncommons. That's going to lower the value of your deck. It's going to make your deck slower. And that's just the way it is. Everything's going to be okay. 